Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership, insight, and advice. Welcome to Win Hers United. This is Season 7, Episode 5, entitled Ask for Help with Crystal Duhaney. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I believe that business, mindset, personal development, and self-care are the four pillars to entrepreneurial success. This is why Winhers United is your one-stop shop for business, mindset, personal development, and self-care conversations with winning women of color entrepreneurs. If you're a fan of Winhers United, be sure to give us a review on your favorite listening application. During this episode, we will learn more about Crystal's personal journey, her mindset practices, and her business insight. Crystal is a registered nurse, international board certified lactation consultant, and the founder of Milky Mama. Crystal was inspired to start Milky Mama after she struggled with breastfeeding. As a result, she created a product line of cookies, brownies, beverages, and supplements to help women produce more milk and make their breastfeeding goals a reality. Crystal has reached great success in her business and was recently named one of the 11 business owners to watch in 2021 by Yahoo Finance. So without further ado, get ready to listen to the interview. So Crystal, welcome. We appreciate you joining us today and we're excited to learn more about you and your journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. So let's get started about you telling us about your background and what you currently do professionally. Yeah, so I am a registered nurse by trade. I've been a registered nurse for over 10, 15 years. And I became an international board certified lactation consultant after having my daughter because it was so important for me to support not only my own breastfeeding journey that I struggled with, but also other parents around the country, around the world. So currently I own and I founded Milky Mama and we are a breastfeeding support center. We have a breastfeeding support center in Southern California and we also provide virtual lactation support. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And I believe that that's very much needed, right? Like a lot of women suffer. I know it hurt like hell, right? (laughs) But in addition to that, people suffer with lack of being able to produce milk and all kinds of stuff. So I think that's great. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I started my company and why I started Milky Mama is because of that. I struggled with my son and there really was nowhere to turn. You know, my doctor just said, give give formula, which of course formula is just fine. It's not the end of the world, but it's not what I wanted for my journey. So just seeing the lack of support, not only for new mothers, but also new black mothers really kind of sparked something in me to hopefully create a change. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So tell us what you wanted to be when you grew up. Was it a nurse? No, it wasn't. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a vet. I had a love and I still do have a love for animals. I would bring frogs and snakes and crows home to my parents' house and kind of, (laughs) you know, nurse them back to health, like bullfrogs. I had so many animals in the house (laughs) and my parents never knew about it until recently. 
you know, my brother and I would, told them all these stories and they were like completely shocked. Any kitten that I saw, any animal I would bring home and I just, you know, knew I was going to be a vet. But I didn't. I became a nurse. And still to this day, I love animals and I still kind of wish like, darn, I should have went to be a vet because I just love animals. You know, we have dogs and pets here. But yeah, surprisingly, I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> wow. I was going to ask how that go over with your parents, but you answered that. I'm like, how? I'm just thinking being a mom, like, I think I would like try to wring my kid's neck. <laughs> a good thing they didn't know, right? <laughs> what have found out I'm sure she would have been upset but you know <laughs> yeah you know but I love that although you didn't go into being a vet it still was in within the healthcare field and just helping humans right so still along the same lines yeah of course all right so tell us about the kind of upbringing you had as a child besides being adventurous right because <laughs> totally <laughs> animals home you know, I had a great upbringing. You know, I came from a two-parent home, um, and my parents were middle class. You know, they worked really hard. My mom always, 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 you know, preached education and making sure that as a Black woman, when I grew up, that I could support myself. She would always say, never depend on anyone, you know, and that kind of really stuck with me, and to this day, I'm like super independent. Even my husband's like, do you need anything? I'm like, I'm good, babe. You know, I got it. <laughs> like, I'm just super independent. And my parents really always instilled just doing your best and not making excuses. And they were very loving. And, you know, my brother, my older brother, we would fight all the time as, as siblings do. But we had a great upbringing. You know, typical middle-class upbringing, I would say. In a, in a suburban area. And I can't complain. <laughs> good. That's good. Now you brought up something that I feel like could be a gift and a curse because I can relate to being super independent, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes I find that it can be a curse because I don't ask for help when I need help or it's hard for me to trust people to do it the way I want it done and things like that. Do you see the gift and the curse in that or how, how did you navigate or did you have to? Absolutely. You know, this is something that I struggle with, not only in my business life, but also my personal life. Like I want to do everything myself. And part of it is because a, I'm not sure if somebody will do it the way I want it. And I don't want to like, you know, cause any issues by having to correct them. If I have to do all that, I might as well just do it myself. So I learned to allow myself first at home to allow my husband to help and allow my kids, you know, they're little, but still allow them to help do things. And not only has it helped, you know, them feel like they can help me, because I imagine it might feel a little like, well, gee, like I can't do anything. But it also has been a little bit li like liberating for me to say, okay, I don't have to control everything. Everything doesn't have to be perfect the way that I want it done. And it really kind of allowed me to breathe a little bit. So when I translated that into my business by hiring employees and delegating, it's still something I struggle with, but still giving my employees some of that freedom kind of not only helps me by not spreading myself too thin, but also builds their confidence and build up, you know, to let them know that I trust them to do these things. So it's still a struggle. It's really something that I, I'm working on consciously every single day and having to remind myself, but yeah, I can definitely relate. And I'm sure many business owners and many independent women certainly can too. Right. They need like some kind of membership group, like a, a group for us to go to. Like, yeah, I'm Nicole. Yes. 
Soul Freaks Anonymous. All right. So tell us about a pivotal point in your life and how it shaped who you are today. Hmm. Pivotal point in my life. There's so many. You know, one was when I was a teenager, maybe mid, like 12, 13. And my mom, who, you know, my mom is like so amazing. I'm going to try not to get emotional because she's like, like superwoman. Like she started working her first job when she was like 12 or 13. And since that day, she's never stopped working. Like she's always had a job. She started working at a fast food place and she was promoted to manager as a teenager and she paid for her own prom, her own school clothes, everything. She's always been independent from a preteen. And then when she graduated from high school, she worked on board trains and like helped clean the trains. And then now she's the director of human resources for, well, she was for a train company and now for another large corporation. And I was in school. She had gone back to college to get her master's degree in human resources. And she would go to school and she would come home and cook and she would go on business trips and then she would come home and be a, a mom. And it just really, maybe not back then, but when I think about it now, I'm like, gee, like she worked so, so hard to take care of us and to be the best person and mom that she could be, that I see a lot of those qualities in myself and I have a daughter and those are things that I want, you know, her to know that it's really up to you to make your life what you want it to be, you know? So that was really a pivotal moment in really showing me not to like depend on anyone, not to wait for someone to give something to me or wait for my opportunity, but to create my my own opportunity. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And as I was listening, I'm like, well, that's where you get it from. Right. So definitely heard that. And your daughter, like without even, you know, my, my, my ability to forecast the future, right. She'll be the same way because people emulate what they see. Right. And if you're setting those right examples, then the people around you will emulate them. Same way as if you're, if you're setting negative examples, the people around you will emulate them, right? So it's so important to set the right examples. It's part of why I put this podcast out here. Like, look, if you want to be successful, I interview very successful women and they're giving you the tricks of the trade so that you can also be successful. So that's a great point. All right. So tell us what you would consider to be a strength of yours and a weakness and what you do to get around that weakness. So strength of mine would be my determination. Um, Like we've discussed, I I got that from my mama and I'm very determined and hardworking. And, you know, when I want something, I go for it. One of my weaknesses is probably along the same lines. Because I'm so determined, you know, a lot of times I don't give myself enough credit. So instead of celebrating accomplishments, Sometimes I find myself saying, I didn't do this right. I could have done this better. I could have done this. And it takes my surroundings, you know, my support team, my, my husband, my mom to say, hey, wait a minute, look, look at what we've done here and look at all the things that you have done and let's focus on those things. So I think that that is probably like sometimes I'm my own worst enemy is that I, I sometimes am too hard on myself, sometimes don't give myself enough credit and I'm sometimes not gentle. You know, I'm harder on myself, I think, than, than I am on my kids or others. You know, we just, we're, we're self-critical of ourselves, so. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so we are definitely cut from the same cloth. So, you know, you're not alone. Don't feel bad. I totally understand. I love how like how your strength and your weakness is the same, right? Like something can play dual roles, right? So that's a great point to bring about. And I do agree, like when you're an overachiever, sometimes nothing is ever good enough, right? But you brought up a key point and I utilize the same thing to get around my weakness is having a great support system and having people in our corner that can see our greatness when we can't, right? Because sometimes you're so busy looking to the next mark or wanting the next thing that you don't appreciate what you have when what you have is great, right? Just an example, I made a list of the top 50 moms in podcasting, right? But it was, I was number 37. So I happened to call one of my podcaster friends and I'm like, ew, I don't know how I feel about being number 37. And she's like, Nicole, you're on the list. Do you know how many podcasts are in the world? Right. But thank God for her because I literally was down on myself about it. Right. So, you know, just painting that picture of how what other people see as great. If you're overcritical, you can see is not so great. So we need those cheerleaders in our corner. So that's awesome. All right. So tell us what you're currently doing to improve yourself personally and or professionally. Whew, okay. I need a lot of improvement. So normally what I do, you know, being a business owner and a mom and a wife and being so many things over the past, I would say a couple of years, it's really kind of worn me down emotionally and mentally and I found myself neglecting myself because I was just always on the go, always taking care of all of this other stuff but me. So I found myself getting physically sick. I had shingles, I got vertigo, like one thing after another. I was like battling like waves of depression and I was just, something has to change. Like I'm super, I have this super successful business and my family is happy. What is going on? So I began to just look within and really start focusing on my own self-care so I started meditating, yoga, really just making sure that I, even if it's for a minute a day, take a moment to just refocus and recenter myself and be grateful for what I have and just kind of, you know, recenter and rebalance things. And that has helped me both professionally and personally, because it's allowed me to have more of a clear vision and not, you know, get so caught up and foggy on on that self-doubt that we mentioned earlier. It really allows me to, 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 you know, be grateful and celebrate myself and celebrate the little things, no matter how small they are, even if it's, hey, today I worked out or it, whatever, to celebrate that. And with that, I can have a greater outlook on what I want to do next. Instead of beating myself up about the things that I haven't done um, and wasting time on that. So that's what I've been doing. Um, I've also been, you know, educating myself a lot on business and educating myself, uh, of course, about breastfeeding more, constantly learning and constantly finding ways to help, you know, the community, the Black community, the breastfeeding community, the parenting community. Just, it's all about self-growth and, and not staying stagnant. Wow. Thanks for that. Now, how did you realize that like your sickness, right? How did you realize it was from just stretching yourself too much? What made you realize that connection as opposed to it being 
oh, this is hereditary. Oh, I picked it up. You know, like that kind of thing. Well, you know, it started, there were a bunch of like signs that I ignored. I mentioned I'm a registered nurse and I, my husband will tell you that I never go to the hospital unless I'm like dying. Like everything is like, oh, that's, that's just this. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Everything is, I'm good. Right. So prior to the, the physiological symptoms of stress, I was having anxiety and mood swings and I just, you know, would have really unstable emotions. Like I would be stressed out one day and it just was a lot. And I felt very overwhelmed internally, but on the outside, I've got it all together because it was so important to me to have it all together. And internalizing that, then I got shingles and I knew it was shingles before I went to the doctor. And she's like, are you stressed? Because shingles is a disease that elderly people get. She said, the only time I see young people with it is if they're under a lot of stress. And I was like, yes, so. So she told me that I needed to slow down. And that was my first warning. And I said, okay, no problem. But I didn't. And then, mm. you know, two months later, then I'm like dizzy, can't see, crazy. Like the world is spinning for an entire week. They said I had vertigo. So I was stuck in the bed for an entire week. And I felt like my body was telling me to slow down. And after that, I said, okay, you know, let, let me reevaluate find a new team if I need to, hire people if I need to. Let's not do this anymore. I don't want to feel this way because I got, I got vertigo twice <laughs> before I realized this. And once I brought the right people on my team and started giving work away and, and really taking more time for myself and taking time to turn off my phone and my computer after a certain time and not stay up all night and eat and those types of things, I got better. And I, you know, it just was kind of eye-opening to me that people think that running a business is so easy that you just sit back <laughs> and money rolls in or something. But, you know, there's a lot. It really does take a huge, a huge toll on, on the business owner. So that's what, you know, worked for me. I encourage all other business owners, if you're feeling that way, it doesn't mean that you're not doing a good job. It doesn't mean that you're failing or that you're not cut out for this. It just means that you need to focus on yourself and you're important too. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for that. All right. So tell us about your morning routine. Ooh, okay. In the morning, I wake up and I play with my dogs. I let them outside for the morning. And while I'm outside, I usually spend that time meditating and just kind of sitting while they're playing in the backyard. Just kind of just being grateful for waking up in the morning, just taking, starting there, you know, praying. And just spending some time to myself while my husband and kids are still asleep. And after that, I'll go inside and check my phone, emails, whatever. And then I'll probably do some yoga or do a quick workout because it really helps me decompress from the stress from the day before. And then after that, my kids will get up and the craziness starts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think all mothers can relate, right, ladies? <laughs> the kids are up because once they're up that's it all bets are off right it's either in the morning or late at night right so you got to pick your poison are you going to wake up super early or are you going to stay up super late because you got to find your time so exactly yes <laughs> i totally relate all right so tell us about the last book that you listened to or read Ooh, the last book that i listened to and i actually just finished it was becoming 
And I also watched the documentary and it just was really inspiring to me. I let my daughter watch it because it's really important to me that she sees other brown girls doing amazing things, you know? So we watched it together. I read her some of the excerpts. She's only four. So she was like, okay, mom, this is, this is a boring book. But still, I've read that book probably two or three times. I've listened to the audiobook. <laughs> um, it's one of my favorites. So that's definitely the last one. I'm always looking for more really inspiring and exciting books though. So if you have any recommendations, please let me know. Yes. So that's a question I asked the entire sixth season, but throughout the whole series of the podcast, every woman seems to talk about a book. So I said, I'm going to maybe put something together. I don't know if I'm going to start a book club or just create a book list, but that is one of my future to do. So tell us one takeaway though, from the book. You know, I think one takeaway is that people don't realize that being a black woman, even not even in the public eye, just being a black woman comes with so much mm-hmm. that we are it's ingrained in us to be strong and to put on this strong face and to you know not back down and it really t- it kind of resonated with me because that's how I've been all my life i've I've always had to be strong and independent, but inside we may not be feeling that way, so mm-hmm. I think. I could totally relate to Michelle when she discussed having to be this strong woman, especially when her husband's running for president, being this strong woman while people are badgering her and calling her, you know, racist names and stuff and still standing strong. And it was just really inspiring to me that through it all, no matter what, she never budged. And no matter what she did, her husband supported her and she had a support team, which I think is is just amazing. I think everyone should have someone to support them, whether it's a partner or, you know, family or friends, you need at least one person that you can call and cry to, you know, that gets you. So find that person <laughs> somewhere, everywhere. Yes. yes. Thanks for that. I totally agree. Totally agree. I call it your counsel, right? I agree. At least one. Try for five, right? They say you're the sum of the five people that are closest to you. So take an assessment because that changed my life. At one time I had to take an assessment of my five people and it wasn't reflective of where I wanted my life to go, right? So then I had to say, hold up, get it together, girl. (laughs) Throughout my career, it has really kind of resonated that everyone can't have a front row seat to your show. Mm. People can get tickets. There might be some people in the parking lot, but everyone cannot sit in your front row. And that was really important to me because you want to bring everybody with you, but some people, they aren't good for your energy. Right? You know, because you do. Like I have that heart where I want to bring everyone, but sometimes carrying everyone can slow you down. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Hey, this is Nicole. I'm cutting in for just a second to take Crystal's advice and ask for help. I need your help, guys. Please rate and review When Hers United on your favorite listening application, whether that's Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google Podcasts, or whatever listening application you prefer. Give us a rating, a five-star preferably, and a review, write a review and let us know how you feel about When Hers United. And share When Hers United with your friends, your business besties, your family. Let's get the word out. 
This is me asking for help, and I really appreciate your support. All right. So do you practice personal affirmations? We do. You know, we do as a family, too. It's really important to us. We're kind of like, <laughs> we're not like hippies. I feel like we are, though, but we're really into emotional health and your energy and just being happy. So we tell our kids, you know, do your best, protect your energy. Those are some of our personal affirmations, protect your energy. And I use that in every aspect of my life. Like if something is driving me crazy, I'm like, wait, is this something that I need to be spending my energy on? Or can I just, you know what? No, I'm good. Like protect your energy. I say it to myself every day, like multiple times a day, because there are so many times that I'm stressing out over something that it really isn't that big of a deal or that I can give to somebody else to stress out about. So yes, that's, that's one of my favorite personal affirmations or as a family that I can say too, is just protect your energy. Yeah. I love that. That's so funny. I told my daughter that literally, but I have a daughter that just turned 21. Oh, and I told her that the other day and I think she thought I was attacking her. She said, my energy is fine. And I'm like, calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm just saying, always keep it protected, you know? So yeah, I love that. And making sure that people understand, I guess, what exactly does that mean? Exactly. People, I don't think they realize. I think, I don't know if they mean like, like physical energy, but it just means as a whole, like, you know, there are so many people that you think are good for you, like how we mentioned earlier, but they aren't. And you waste your energy and your time and your, your joy on things that you, you know, you don't need to. Like life is short and I like to live every minute that I can being happy and as relaxed as possible and not stressed out as possible, you know, as much as I can. And if things that are insignificant are sucking energy out of me, it's time to reevaluate. It's like, look, like, are you giving me positive energy or negative? And if you're not giving me positive energy, then I don't need it. So, you know, and that's, that's led to some difficult conversations with maybe some friends from high school that we ain't friends no more because (laughs) look, you know, my circle is changing and you always should have people in your circle that are at the level or I like to have people that are above where I am so that you have something to aspire to and you can feed off of their energy and say, give me some of that which you got so we can protect your energy. Yes, I love it. All right, so tell us about your toughest struggle and what you did to overcome. Hmm. My toughest struggle was becoming a mother for the first time. When I was pregnant with my son, my husband and I have been together for, it'll be 20 years for, you know, we've been together forever. It's been since middle school and I'm 35 now. So we know each other in and out. Like we grew up together and we got married and then we, you know, got pregnant, typical like love story. And I expected everything to go as planned. You know, my pregnancy was, was lovely. My labor was insanely lovely like I had no pain it was like like this is labor like I can do this 10 more times different story with my daughter but (laughs) first child everything was beautiful after I had him though things kind of crumbled down after I had him of course breastfeeding I struggled with breastfeeding no one helped me the doctors just kind of wrote me off with another I you know I felt like oh well you guys don't breastfeed anyway basically that's what someone told me I was like you guys like you mean like black women we do breastfeed 
And it just, it was just this roller coaster of just disappointment. My husband and I started kind of struggling with our relationship with, you know, balancing being still newlyweds, even though we had been together for quite a while and now new parents. And, you know, his father was never around. So he was struggling with some, you know, how do I raise this child? And I've never had a, a role model to teach me. And I'm dealing with, I want to be the best mom I can. I don't want any help from anybody. Don't tell me how to do this. Don't, you know, and it was just plus postpartum hormones. And it was really, really difficult. And I think that that was one of the key moments in my life where I started to realize that I cannot do everything myself, that I need help. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to accept help. And it doesn't make me less of a woman or less of a person. So when that happened, when I just said, okay, let's, you know, someone help me. And I cried out for help. People came running. My family came running. My mama came running and it got better. So I think that going forward in life, you know, I've learned to just try to allow people to help because they want to, and it's out of love. And I try to help that. I try to pass that on to others too and offer help and support and kind of tell them the same message that it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I love that. I'm glad y'all made it. Because I want to say, as I was listening to you, I'm like, (laughs) I have two children. I had my daughter when I was 17. My son is six, but like a year or two. And uh, me and my ex-husband, look, ex-husband, we broke, you know, my daughter father. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Was it because... (laughs) You know, my husband is amazing. He's so supportive and he's the best. He really is. He, I'm surprised he puts up with me because I'm crazy. And he just is so patient with me and our children. And if I, if he wasn't here to support me, it would be a different story. But yeah, he's one, he's part of my council. <laughs> good, good. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I love that you actually realized that you needed to cry out right? Because who's, who's to say what would have happened had you didn't, you know? And I do agree with you that when we actually do cry out, it's people there where when you're silent, you can think like, oh, I'm all alone. You know, I have no help, but it's like, it's not that you have no help. It's that you haven't raised your hand. People aren't mind readers. How do you expect someone to help you if you're pretending to be superwoman? Then you get mad. Nobody helped me. <laughs> when you're like, you didn't ask. Like, yeah, no. It's a it's an internal struggle that I deal with too. I'm sure that you can relate. But yeah. Yes, totally. All right. Okay. So tell us about an aha moment that you had lately and how you changed as a result. Ooh, okay. So my daughter is four. She's gonna be five soon. And I swear to you that she is the most intelligent and sassy I don't know where she came from but she has taught me so much about just being a person and being a woman that I'm just like well gee like let's sit down let me tell me more (laughs) (laughs) we were having dinner and I was like working on my phone and eating and I wasn't really paying attention to the family and so she's like mom mommy and I'm just still on my phone And she said, mommy, you know, time is passing by while you're on your phone. And I put my phone down and I'm like, wait, (laughs) what? She said, time is passing by. 
And I almost cried because I was like, you, you are absolutely right. And from that moment, I've learned like work can wait. Things can wait. Like spending time with your family or spending time, even if it's by yourself, you don't get those moments back. So that was a huge aha moment for me. And I thank her for that because it really allowed me to kind of re remember to be present. You know, a lot of times we are so focused on little details that we miss everything else. Like don't miss the forest for the trees. Like you focus on these little trees, you don't see the big picture. So yeah, time is passing by. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> it's it's just like, first of all, you wonder like, where did you come from? Right? Like my son has told me some things and I'm like, who are you? How old are you? You know, and where did you come from? Right? But then you're also grateful <laughs> to have such a wise young child, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. You know, she's going to grow up and be great. She's, she's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that also goes to say that we can learn from anyone, no matter how young, no matter how old, no matter what role. Don't think that you can't take something from someone. Don't think that you know more than whoever, because you never know what piece of information can be given to you by the most unlikely source that'll change the course of your life. So, Exactly. Everyone has a lesson for you. Yeah, that's really important yeah all right so tell us about a leadership practice or principle that governs your life in the workplace I really try to lead my team as an equal you know they've been with me since I've started this company well since I hired employees in the very beginning stages and they're very much like my family and I, I incorporate them in a lot of decisions that we make so that way no one feels like their contribution isn't valued that it, it's this is we built this together and I let them know that I, I translate that into my household too like as a family we all make decisions on things because I you know we like to allow people to have a voice and I think that that's so important allowing our children to decide certain things, of course, with limits, because they don't pay no bills in this house, <laughs> but <laughs> allowing them to have a voice, I think is so, so important. And valuing that voice is so important. So I think that that's something that I translate both in my house and in my business as well. It's just, everyone has something to say, and everyone has the right to say something, and they should be heard. I love that. Yeah, great, great point. Autonomy, right? I feel like in a lot of workplaces, they don't care, right? But I do have a question in relation to that. What do you do when you don't agree with what a person says or suggests? Like, how do you handle that one? So it depends on who it is. If it's one of my kids, you know, I can say, oh, we'll do something differently. I guess if it's one of my team members, I can say the same thing. But I, I think it's really important, though, to not shut them down and make them feel like what they said wasn't important or that it, it, you know, wasn't useful and still appreciate and thank them for their contribution. Thank you so much for saying that or telling me that. I'll consider it. You know, let them know that you're thinking about it as opposed to just saying, oh, no, I'm going to do something else. Because then it gives them no motivation to mm -hmm. voice their concerns or their opinion again. And I think it's always very important that even if we don't agree, or even if, if you say something that I don't choose or that I don't 
want to do doesn't mean that I don't value what you said and that it's not important to me. Yeah, great point. Great advice. All right. Do you have a recommended resource to share with us and tell us how you utilize it? Recommended resource. I have a lot of resources that I refer to. The Bible I refer to if you're religious. If you're not religious, one of the other resources that I really refer to is myself. I listen a lot to myself and to what my body's telling me and what I need. So listen to yourself always and listen to others, whoever your your team is. Find a team. That's a huge resource for me. And other business owners. A lot of times, you know, as business owners, I don't know if it's if it's as black business owners or in general that we want to we don't need help. We want we got it. We don't want to hear nothing from anybody. And it it really can can stunt your growth. So don't be afraid to listen to someone that's, you know, more successful, or even if they're not more successful than you, don't be afraid to confer with other business owners and ask them what they did. And don't be offended with advice or criticism because those things can really help you grow or not if you choose to listen or not. So that's what I would say. Build a team of of personal support and also business support. Find some business owners that you trust or fellow entrepreneurs that you trust that you can bounce ideas off of because that really helps. Sometimes when it's just you making all the decisions, you're in this tunnel vision and you can't see the bigger picture. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. I agree with all of those. I love how you said yourself. Yeah. I am learning to take myself more seriously and give myself more credit. So that's my kind of mantra for the year is to give myself more credit and to not beat myself up like I've done in the past. Good, good. So do you have a favorite quote that you can share with us? Oh, a really good one that I love is, and I think Bishop T.D. Jakes said this. He said that being angry at someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And there have been people in my career or that have worked for me or even in my personal life that I get so mad at. I'm like, I'm so mad. And I just walk around. Every time I hear that person's name, I'm mad. And it's just eating me up inside. And they don't care. (laughs) They are living their life, going on. And I'm the one that's suffering. So I've learned to not drink the poison because it doesn't affect anyone else but me and to practice forgiveness. And forgiveness really isn't for anyone else but yourself. You know, you're not forgiving them for, you know, saying it's okay for whatever they did to wrong you. It's just allowing yourself to be free. So that's probably one of my favorite quotes, to not be angry at people and don't drink the poison. (laughs) I said that yesterday. I said it to myself, by the way. drinking the poison. I was doing it. I'm like, I'm drinking the poison right now. Okay. Yes. Yes. Great point. All right. So let's go into the fun part. This is my own version of fun and I hope it's fun for everyone else. I love travel. I love travel. I believe travel is super, super important. So tough considering what's going on in the world right now, but I still like these questions anyway. So can you tell us where your last vacation was, what your favorite vacation spot is, and where your next vacation will be or where you want it to be? My last vacation, and I don't know if you would call it a vacation. It was like a 
coronavirus vacation, I guess, with current times. But we went camping with my mom and my dad and my brother. And it was just an opportunity to get out of the house. And it was fun, you know? It, it wasn't like camping like with a tent, but it still was, was kind of rough in it. So I kind of struggled a little bit with, <laughs> with the cold showers and the mosquitoes and such. But it was fun to, you know, get out and just be in nature and be with my family, which I felt like we just didn't have a lot of time to spend together because we live about an hour away and the whole pandemic. So that was my last vacation. My favorite vacation was probably Hawaii. My husband and I went to Hawaii for our honeymoon and for our first anniversary. And it's definitely our favorite vacation spot. Everyone there is like insanely nice. I'm from California and California people aren't the nicest. We're all like in a rush to go places. But in Hawaii, everyone's slow, like slowing down and they're asking how you are. They don't even know you. And I'm like, wait, why are you being so nice to me? It's offensive. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's super duper nice and it's just, it's beautiful there. So that's my favorite vacation. My next vacation spot was supposed to be Jamaica. My husband is from Jamaica. Well, he was born here, but his family is from Jamaica. And we were supposed to go there to celebrate our 10th anniversary, but the pandemic happened and unfortunately we can't go. So hopefully postponed it. Okay, thanks for sharing that. I heard they opened Jamaica back up, but it's weird. Like you got to go through a lot of things just to go there. It, it's a lot. It's a lot, and you know I'm still afraid of getting on the airplane right now. Yeah. Now, where did you go camping? We went camping in San Diego, so it was right on the water, and I went fishing for the first time. It was completely like camping. We had so much fun. The kids loved it. I got sunburned. But I think what was most important is just being out and just being with family. That's so important to us and our family is just spending time together. Yes, I love it. All right. All right. So before I let you go, Crystal, do you have any events, any offers? Tell the listeners where they can find you. Yeah. So you can find us at www.milky-mama.com. Or if you are located in Southern California, you can check us out in Rancho Cucamonga, California. We offer breastfeeding courses online, lactation consultations virtually, everything that you would need really to support you from prenatal and throughout your postpartum journey. And we offer birth doulas, tons of services to help support you throughout the pregnancy and birth of your baby. So if you need help, reach out to us. If you are interested in becoming a birth worker, we are offering a scholarship for Black birth workers. So if you want to be a doula, lactation consultant, anything in the birth work department, stay tuned for our application to apply. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. I think the work that you're doing is amazing. And I love that you are now helping other people to do it as well. That is so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you again. We appreciate you joining today and sharing yourself with us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of When Hers United. Be sure to go to winhersunited.com forward slash podcast to read Crystal's entire bio and learn more about her and her business. As always, be empowered and empower on. <laughs>